0: I used to believe that that anger was fuel for me to take action. What I discovered when I challenged that belief and I tried on a new belief that I can be calm and that being calm and doing my part to take on injustices is a better strategy than being angry at taking on injustices. Hey, it's Jason Fladlin here. You're listening to the Jason Fladlin Show, where I'll be sharing everything from sales and webinar tips to improving productivity and reaching your infinite potential. I know I am blank when I, one, two, three, four, five. No more than five, no less than three. So these are your beliefs. So motivation goes after your actions. Your identity is the one word you use to describe yourself, whatever you want it to be. And now these are your beliefs. Here's how we reinforce this. This is how we tap into that triangle of identity, belief, action, all right? I know I am blank when I. So for me with abundance is I know I am in abundance when... I help others become more of who they are, which is why I feel like I do a really good job in my business It's because my whole business is predicated on living in a state of abundance. (laughs) It allows me to be abundant as often as possible. So I I know I am in abundance and I help, and I recognize that and I honor that when I help others become more who they are. I know I'm in abundance when I don't engage in black and white thinking. This is something we all have trouble with for the most part, most of us do at least. uh, And I have, Discovered that black and white thinking has never been very empowering for me, and it's usually not for most other people. So, when most people say, you know, you either succeed or you fail, that's black and white thinking. I often say with clients, is what percentage of failure will you tolerate? And they're like, what do you mean, Jason? I'm like, is it 33.2%? And that alone will break them out of more often than not that prison of black and white thinking. So, people will categorize themselves, I'm either an introvert or I'm an extrovert. Well, Jesus, that's it. We can only be one or the other. I'm introverted in certain situations with certain people, and I'm extroverted in other situations. If I get a better night of sleep, I tend to be more outgoing. And if I don't sleep so well, I tend to be less outgoing. To categorize the totality of human experience based on two words, extrovert and introvert, does us no justice. But that's an example of black and white thinking, right? And I found very few problems in life are truly black or white, one or zero, binary, all or none. So that is the lack of abundance to me. That's the opposite. I know I'm in abundance when I don't engage in black and white thinking. Or to reframe that in a positive light, I know I am in abundance when I am okay and excited to handle contradictory viewpoints simultaneously. I think that's abundance. People hate that sometimes. How can two different things seem to contradict themselves yet both be true? And I'm feeling both of them. To me, that's abundance. Cool. I can be contradictive. Where will that lead to, right? Number three, I can sit quietly and smile for no reason. That's a tough one. I struggle with that. I fight with that. I have to do that consciously because I can choose to be happy without having any necessary reason to be. To me, that is a good form of abundance. It's a belief that I have. And number four, this one just makes me laugh when I think about it. My dog looks at me like I'm the greatest thing in the world. My ask of you is at the very least, I want you to write down three statements to reinforce. These are your beliefs. So your identity is I am blank. These are three statements that I believe to be true, or that I decide in a moment that are going to be true. And then these are the motivations in terms of empowerment, connection, and status or achievement that will help me. That's the majority of it. So I'll give you some other beliefs, just general beliefs that I think can be helpful to you. I believe human beings are capable of doing great things no matter what. Now, is that true? I don't know if it's true or not. It's my belief though. I can choose to believe that. So we have millions of beliefs that have gone through our brains that are just patently false. And we never question the validity of them, but yet we're so concerned often about the beliefs. Is it true or is it not true? Right? I believe that human beings are, are capable of doing great things no matter what. Doesn't matter if it's true or not. I believe it. And so, damn it, it's my belief, period. I don't have to justify it to anybody. Right? <laughs> I believe I don't have to justify it to anybody. Okay. I believe that my life is better if I'm in states that I enjoy. So, and I, I struggle with this one. Oftentimes I will get upset and I'll go on in a rant and I'll be enraged at some of the injustices that I perceive in the world, right? Something like one out of seven people on the planet suffer from lack of fresh water and food on a daily basis, right? And I used to believe that that anger was fuel for me to take action. What I discovered when I challenged that belief and I tried on a new belief that I can be calm and that being calm and doing my part to take on injustices is a better strategy than being angry at taking on injustices. I have never really found a usefulness of anger as an emotion that can't be replaced by a different emotion that feels good while I'm emoting. It's hard and I get angry all the time still, I wouldn't say all the time, that's black or white thinking, right? Uh, But I'm generally, I'm trying and I'm working and I'm a work in progress, that's a belief I have by the way for you, so try that one on. I am a work in progress that allows me to be more kind and loving to myself. So that way I can make mistakes and not be critical and not be harsh on myself. I'm a work in progress. Uh, It's not an excuse to behave in a way that harms others. Certainly that's not what I'm trying to advocate here, but it allows me to live my life where I'm more calm and I'm more compassionate and I'm more focused because what I've discovered is that there's nothing I can do with anger that I can't do just as well, if not better with a different emotion. The only difference here is I feel better while I'm doing it. Not hopefully I feel better after I feel miserable. Anger is the emotion that I'm trying to lock up right now, not in a negative way, but to say anger, you, you can go ahead and sit out over here. You're not the only tool in my toolkit when it comes to getting pumped up. Cause I discovered when I was angry, I get mad at the kids and yell at them. Well, guess what? They yell back they mirror this state. <laughs> if I'm not angry, they could still be angry. Uh, but what they're going to discover is their anger doesn't necessarily get them what they want. And I, I my day isn't ruined or my moment isn't ruined or my minute or my hour isn't ruined, right? And so those are some of the beliefs. So it's really powerful to have these meta beliefs. So meta beliefs are beliefs that are universally true to you across the board. But for now, let's look on some of these more micro beliefs. Beliefs three to five related to specifically an identity that you would love to step into, all right? And I just got one more thing for you. This is kind of extra credit. This will feel weird to a lot of people. The good news is that it's becoming more and more mainstream, all right? Because this is weird. As a concept I learned in NLP, uh, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And so I've been a very, very avid student of NLP. And one of the concepts that they codified uh, was this concept of anchoring which is you can take a behavior or you can take a feeling and you can associate what's called an anchor to it, to where you can connect it to the feeling or the mindset. And then the theory is you can fire off this anchor. What's challenging about this whole business of teaching and training and coaching, it's so intellectual. I'm giving you cerebral instruction. I'm telling you intellectually how to do stuff, but we generally learn through experience more often than through intellectualization. So that's a feeling, it's a physiology. So learning by physiology is more empowering than learning through education. Unfortunately, it's not as portable, right? I can't put all of us in a room and just feel you through it. That would be more effective than talking you through it, by the way. So we utilize anchoring. A massively complex way of doing anchoring even with voice tone and delivery are anchors that I utilize when I communicate. But on a small level, these are some anchors that I would love for you to pick one of, right? So sticking out your tongue after you do something to reinforce the behavior, the identity, or the belief that you want. Flexing the left bicep, self-high five, belly laugh, blowing a kiss, fist pump, saying, yo, Adrian, like Rocky would do, uh, popping a cheek like this. Uh, snapping a finger, taking a bow. I think of Macho Man Randy Savage, the, the wrestler that will go, oh, yeah, you know, uh, butterfly hugs are these things. Uh, strumming an air guitar, uh, or an air bass, if you want to be extra creative about it, and yeah, actually patting yourself on the back, right? So here's how we reinforce this behavior through a physical, physiological association. So when I feel abundance, I will flex only my left bicep. That's, I'm only gonna use that anchor for abundance. I'm gonna bring consciousness to it and then it will pretty soon, I'll be able to capture it. So anytime during the day, if I'm gonna catch myself feeling abundant, I'm gonna flex just the left bicep. That is my anchor to associate, I'm abundant, let me reinforce that. If I reinforce that, then I will tend to want to feel that more often and pretty soon it will become unconscious. It will become natural. It will be a default state because right now you have default states. Some of them are empowering to you and some of them are not so empowering. So the way that we reinforce a powering state is with an anchor. It's the most efficient way that I've discovered, right? So if you wanna feel empowered, you might say, every time I feel empowered, I give myself butterfly hugs. You do that 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 times. And pretty soon you can reverse this, by the way. I can step into abundance simply by flexing my left bicep because one will trigger the other. It's very Pavlonian, right? But you can utilize one of these in order to step into your feeling and then make it real and make it accessible. And pretty soon you can trigger it whenever you wish to. Uh, This is how you replace something as a default state. I know it's weird it will feel weird for most of you. All right, so I got one last thing for you and then we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, this is the actual worksheet. But here's day one, connection with self. I am blank, whatever that empowering identity that you wanna step into. I see it, I hear it, I feel it, and then optionally I taste it and I smell it, put that in there. It empowers me too, and you put that in there. It helps me achieve, you put that in there. It improves my relationships by, you put that in there. I recognize it when, so give an actual state or an actual experience or an option that is likely to come up so you can recognize it. And then when you recognize it, you say, I capture it by, and then pick one of the anchors that I just gave you, all right? There you go. So that's the end portion of the formal structured training for today of the challenge of the Unite Challenge. Now, what I would like to do, let's spend a couple minutes, because on one hand, this stuff is simple, but on the other hand, it is also complex. Uh, you will find that some of this stuff seemed so easy when I said it, but becomes very difficult when you play with it. Uh, and that's natural because I've done this thousands of times. So here's a great example. So Flora says, should it be a trait we have or one we want to have? It doesn't matter. Really, the exercise is this identity is going to make me the most of myself that I can be. So if you have it, you can maximize it you can anchor it up, you can amplify it. If you don't have it, but you want it, you can put it in place. The cool thing about this exercise is you can do it as often as you want. So I have thousands of identities for thousands of situations that I've cultivated uh, and I've created. At first I would do this manually consciously like I'm teaching you to do, but after a while you'll find that you can do this almost instantaneously if you exercise it enough. Right. By the way, yes, this is one of a kind Dan Gable painting behind me. Uh, so this is an anchor for me. It helps me step into a state when Dan Gable won the 72 Olympics and didn't have a single opponent score of one point on him when he won his, his wrestling Olympics. Never been done before, never done since. So I tap into that state of determination in peak performance when I sit here and work. Uh, I used to be over there on my other wall, but I moved it here. And then the actual, another one here is, the, is a Picasso um, It's a lithograph from a Picasso sketchbook that uh, I believe a Chagall. Yeah, that Chagall did. And which is another famous artist. It's a great example of an, an art of utilizing negative space, but it reminds me to consider the opposite or to look at things from the uniquely different perspective. So these are literally two anchors that I have set up in my office and in my workspace that are here that I can. Uh, build around me. So that's environmental. That's a whole different strategy that we can talk (laughs) about. All right. Hoping says the taste modality, there aren't that many tastes. Physically, there may not in this world be that many tastes, although I would argue against that because I have tasted many things in my life and they have varieties of tastes, but whatever. But uh, imaginarily, you can make a taste whatever you want it to be. You can invent your own taste, or you can substitute taste. And again, none of this is, is scientifically specific. It's just because I know that if we bring in senses, which is an easy exercise, it's more likely to make the experience feel real. And if it feels real, it's more likely for it to grab and show up in your life. See, we're really combating with new experiences, new mindsets. We're trying to overcome thousands and thousands of experiences you've actually had on a daily basis. So it's not a fair fight. (laughs) It's not a fair fight, right? Uh, Your negative programming is like a a Coca-Cola ad campaign with billions of dollars behind it, right? And your new positive programming you're trying to replace it with is like a grassroots local advertising classified ad. It's not fair. That's why I try to employ these strategies to kind of make it a little bit more fair. Because if I can make it fair, you're smart enough to know what one better suits you, right? You try on this, you try on that. You're like, wow, this makes me feel good. This doesn't make me feel good. I want that. But until you can make it to where you're comparing the two evenly, you only know what you know. And what you know is what you feel. And so I'm trying to even the playing field a little bit to give you more options and more opportunity. Uh, What I've discovered is a lot of suffering comes from inflexibility. Meaning when you feel like you have no options, you feel trapped, uh, you feel fixated or stuck. That's what I've discovered where most human suffering comes from. And so what I attempt to do is just to provide more options because if I provide more options then you feel like there's opportunities and possibilities. And if you feel like there's opportunities and possibilities you're gonna seek to be in a better space or a better location, you're gonna move towards that. That's just basic ways of how we're built, okay? Uh, How do you choose between many identities you wanna cultivate? Uh, Great question, one at a time. (laughs) Uh, That's how you choose. Uh, So I'm a big fan of what I call the coin flip strategy. Pick two of them one's heads, one's tails and flip a coin. And this removes your own pressure of choice. It relieves you of the responsibility of having to make the right decision. And then it allows you to move forward. Uh, So that's a tactic, if you will. So Sanjita, thanks for asking that question because what really lies underneath that question is if I may be so bold, I I believe when you say, how do I choose between many identities I wanna cultivate? My guess is there's something underneath that that says, I'm afraid I'll pick the wrong identity. And if you do, you do. So then pick another one. I'm not charging you by the identity. I should, right? $5 an identity. If I put five bucks and said, you had to pick the right identity because it costs you five bucks each time you do this exercise, right? Then that would be a little bit more stressful. The identity is free to try on and you'll know if you like it or not. Think of this as a dressing room. Try on different identities before you take one and own it and step into it, okay? Hey, Jason Flyland here. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you found this helpful at all, please leave me a review and thanks again and stay tuned for future episodes.